Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The submission to discipline. Submission to discipline. So if you have your Bibles, please open to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're reading from verse number 24. Verse 24 says, Don't you, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs. But only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear. That after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, the first thing you will notice in that verse of the scripture is that it's not a King James Version. Okay? For some reason, I, when I was reading this, I said, okay, I will have to do a lot of explanation if I read it in the King James Version. So I gave it to you in a verse of the scripture that I don't normally use publicly, which is the New, uh, the new Living Translation. <laughs> because it, it was in your, it gives you, it kind of uh, expresses what I was trying, what I'm trying to say. In this particular in this particular message. Now, from this verse of the scripture, Paul the apostle was comparing the Christian journey to the athletic to an athletic race. And since life is like an athletic race, Paul is saying, number one, that you must know why you are running in this particular Christian race. Know why you are running. Verse number 24 says, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? Okay, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. Know why you are running. That's what Paul. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying you are not you are not just running for the sake of running. You are not just living for the sake of living. You are not just in this particular Christian race just because you don't have any any better thing to do. He says so. When you are running this Christian race, run the race knowing exactly why you are running. That's the first thing you see in that verse. In other, yeah, the second thing that you see that you see in that verse is that Paul the apostle is saying, if you are going to run this race. In this Christian journey, you must come to realize that whether you like it or not, there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers. Okay? In the race of life, there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers. Look at that verse number 24 again. He said, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one gets the prize. So he's saying that whether we like it or not, there is going to be what? There is going to be winners or losers. Okay? And he's saying in verse number 24, that don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one gets the prize. In other words, I wish I can tell you, Paul is saying, that we are all going to be winners. I wish I can tell you that we are all going to be successful. I wish I can tell you that we are all going to have our dreams met. That we are all going to heaven. That our, that our, play, that our desires in life will be met. But that is not the reality of life. The reality of life that Paul is saying that there is going to be Winners and losers. Some people will be rewarded and celebrated. 
while others will be disqualified. He is saying that for you to, that, that as you run the race of life, you must remember that there will be winners and losers. And not only that, number three, Paul is saying from that verse of the scripture is that the fact that there will be winners and losers, the fact that you are going to have people who will run the race and not get any prize, he said that fact alone should motivate you with the intention to run, with the determination to run, to win. So look at that verse of the scripture again, verse number 24. He said, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one gets the prize. So Paul the apostle is now saying, because only one person gets the prize, because very few people get to win. He said, run to win. In other words, as a Christian, don't just live your life anyhow. As an individual, don't just come alive and just do and just waste your time. He said, live your life so that you can be a winner. Live your life so that you can be a winner. Jesus Christ himself said, he said, many are called, but very few are chosen. Paul is saying, make sure you are part of the few that are chosen. Make sure you are part of the few that make it in life. Make sure you are part of the few who are called successful. Make sure you are part of the few who are welcomed into the rest of the Almighty God. Number 14 that Paul the Apostle is talking about in this verse of the scripture. Paul gave the strategy for winning. Paul is basically asking, how then do you run to win? How do you run to win? How do you make sure that you are not beating the win? That you are not wasting your time? How do you make sure that you are not one of those people that will be disqualified? He said, you make sure. Paul now gave us an answer. He said, you, you run to win in life when you run with a purpose. You are not just running because everybody's running. You are not just doing everything that other people are doing. He's saying that the only way you can run with purpose, the only way you can run to win, the only way you can make a success out of life is when you run the race of life with a purpose. When you have a particular goal in mind, when you run, he's saying that for you to win, you must have your eyes fixed on a particular objective. You must run with your eyes fixed on a goal. If there is no goal, you cannot win. And Paul is saying, run with a purpose if you want to win. Not only that, Paul is saying that it is not enough for you to run with a purpose. He's saying that if you are going to win, you must run with discipline. You must run with discipline. Look at that verse of the scripture, verse number 27. He said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. Because I want to win. He said that if you want to win, you must learn to control yourself. You must learn to control your appetites. You must learn to train your body to do the things that will require you to be able to win. You must be able to teach your body to be able to do the things that need for you, that is needed to be able to win. You cannot... Say you want to be a superstar Olympic style athlete and behave like every one of us. You can't. You can't do by, you can't do gymnastics like a Simone Bile and be living the way I'm living. You can't do that. You won't be able to get off the bench. The Paul, the, what Paul is saying is that for you to win in life, for you to be able to run the Christian race and be one of those people that will welcome into the rest of the Almighty God, you must run it with discipline. Okay? You must run it with discipline. And the question is why? Why must you run it to run? Why must you run the race of life to win? Why must you run it with discipline? Why must you run it with purpose? Paul is saying, the 15 Paul is saying is that you run with discipline and with purpose because if you don't, you run the risk of disqualification. Every race has a rule. And if you don't follow the rules, you are going to be disqualified. How many of us have watched the Olympic and you see people standing on their mark? 
And for some reason, a, an athlete or two are disqualified. Maybe they jumped the gun. Maybe they crossed the lane. Maybe during the relay race, they did not wait for the button to get to them. One particular or thing or the other, for breaking the rules of the game, they were disqualified. Paul is saying, the only way you don't get disqualified is when you run with a particular purpose. The only way you don't get disqualified is when you run with discipline. When you stay in your lane, when you obey the rules, when you follow the, 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 the guidelines, when you do the things that you are supposed to do, then you are not disqualified. But if you don't run with discipline, if your eyes stray away from the targets, if you become distracted, if you don't play by the rules, you stand a chance of being disqualified. And as a believer who wants to run the Christian race, as a believer who wants to start and finish well, as a Christian who wants to run the race of life and win, you must run with discipline and with purpose. Or else you run the risk of disqualification. And to run the Christian race with, a dis with discipline and with purpose, to be able to grow to the full image of Christ, uh, which is the purpose, which is the goal of every believer. Paul is saying you must be ready to subject and to submit yourself to the discipline that will help you get the results that you want. Okay? There are some things that will help you get to where you are going. And there are some things that will never help you get to where you're going. As a student, you know that you cannot graduate with your 4.0 or with a very high GPA if you keep missing class and you don't do the assignments. You can't get it. It is not magic. And the person who is working, you cannot get your promotion if you keep on fighting your boss. Okay? As an individual who is a Christian and you want to go to heaven, you don't continue to live a life that is opposed to the word of God. So, for a believer, Paul is saying, who is who wants to grow to the full image of Christ, you must be ready to submit yourself to disciplines that will help you run to get the results that you want. Because if you don't play by the rules, if you don't obey the instructions of heaven, then you will be disqualified. And that is why the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, reading from verse 11, the Bible tells us, it said, no discipline is enjoyable. In other words, when you are going through that particular trip, when you are trying to train your body to obey the rules of God, he said, no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. The Bible recognizes the fact that the disciplines are painful. The Bible recognizes the fact that it is not easy for you to wake up in the morning and pray. For you to keep your mouth shut when it is very easy to gossip about that brother or that sister. When it's very easy for you to be able to take what doesn't belong to you. When you, it's very easy to let your eyes stray. The Bible said no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is very painful. Jesus Christ recognized that. All the scriptural writers, they recognize it. But he's saying, he said, while it is painful, while it is difficult, while the body does not want to study, while the body does not want to wake up at night to pray, he said, but afterwards, if you are able to do it, if you are able to tell your body to, to disregard its feeling and to obey the words of God, afterward, there will be a peaceable harvest of right living for those who have been trained in this way. In other words, if you allow yourself to go through the discipline 
If you are able to control your own appetite, if you are able to discipline your tongue, if you are able to discipline your mind, if you are able to control yourself and train yourself to behave in line with the word of God, he said, then you will reap the harvest of the right, right living. You'll be able to enjoy it. The student that discipline themselves and study, they will reap the joy of good grades. The worker that discipline themselves and do a good job, they will reap the joy. They will reap the joy of promotion. The, the Christian that read that, that does the work of following the Almighty God, they will reap the joy of attention of heaven. That's what the Bible is saying. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. But afterward, there is a peaceful harvest of right living for those who have been trained this way. In other words, the blessings and the rewards of, of the Christian life only comes to the life of the people who are disciplined. You cannot get these blessings just like that. The Bible says that Lord Almighty has blessed us with blessings in heavenly places. But the problem is that believers are not enjoying it. Why? Because we are not positioning ourselves and doing what we are supposed to do to get what has been promised unto us. The willingness to submit to discipline is the hallmark of every believer. Every believer who wants to grow, every believer who wants to access the throne of heaven must learn how to live a disciplined life. And if you want to know and identify a believer that is growing in their work with the Almighty God, if you want to know a believer that is running to win in life, you, you, you know such a growing believer by their willingness to submit to a disciplined life. That's how you know somebody who is growing. Because if you remain on the same spots, if you have this loose mouth and you cannot control yourself, one year, two years, three years, four years, ten years after working with your mighty God, you are not growing. If you are still prone to anger, you are not growing. If there are certain things that still ticks you up, you are not growing. If you are not maturing in the things of God, if you are not able to discipline yourself and to get crucified with the Almighty God, you are not growing. That's what the Paul the Apostle is saying. And the interesting thing that I've been saying all along is that I've been talking about discipline. I've been saying discipline, discipline. The question is, what is this thing called discipline? Because some people understand discipline to mean that you turn the back, especially for those of us who are from Africa, you turn the back and you give the baby some serious whooping. That is discipline too. But the one we are talking about this morning is a different kind of discipline. So what is discipline? What does it mean to be disciplined? Discipline means to study. Discipline means to learn. Discipline means to be trained and to apply yourself to a system of standards. In other words, there is a particular standard that is established. And discipline means that you are, you, are, you, are, you are applying yourself to that particular standard. To be disciplined means that you are training yourself to obey a certain rule or a certain code of behavior, not just once, but consistently. That's what discipline means. It means that you are, there's a particular code of conduct. There's a particular behavior. There's a particular way. A particular standard has been set. And a disciplined person means that you train yourself to follow those rules, to follow those codes, to obey those rules consistently. That is what it means to be disciplined. Okay? So when I say somebody is disciplined, when I say an individual is a disciplined person, we are saying that that person has the self-discipline, has the self-control to choose to do what should be done rather than what is convenient. Because many of us, there's a difference between what you know you should be doing 
and what you're actually doing. There's a difference between the two things. Many of us, and that's why you have a lot of people who cannot fulfill their New Year resolution. Because there is something that you know you should be doing, that you ought to be doing, and the things that you are actually doing. There is something that you want to do, and there's another thing that your body wants to do. You see that particular boy or that particular girl behaving anyhow. Your body says it is not good to gossip about another person. But your body cannot just give up that. You can't resist the juicy story that you want to send through your, what do you call it, through your Instagram. You can't resist it. It's too juicy. So the discipline that we're talking about is the person who has enough self-control to choose to do what has to be done, what should be done, rather than the things that are convenient. A disciplined person is a person with the ability to control himself, to do the things that he knows is right to do, rather than what his body is telling him to do. Instead of sleeping, he gets up to pray. Instead of gossiping, he keeps his mouth shut. A disciplined person knows that he has to be able to do, that he knows the difference between what he should be doing and what his body is telling him to do. And that is why you find that disciplined people know when to stop eating. They know when to get up and walk. They know when to wake up in the morning. They know when to study. They know when to stop watching TV. They know when to stop spending money because they know what they should be doing and they, what their body is telling them to do. They know the difference. And unless you know the difference, you find that discipline will become very difficult. And that is why I say, believer who is growing in the grace of the Almighty God, the Bible requires us to live a life of self-discipline. The Bible requires us to live a life of self-control so that we can begin to enjoy the blessings of the Almighty God. And the question is why? Why is the Lord requiring us to live a disciplined life? Why is the Lord asking us to be able to live a life of self-control? Why must you live a disciplined life? If you read the book of Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, reading from verse number 10, the Bible tells us, For our earthly father disciplined us for a, for a few years, doing the best that they know. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. That simply tells you that if you do not discipline yourself, sharing in the holiness of the Almighty God might be an illusion. Okay? The Lord is trying to make us to understand that the reason why I'm asking you to live a life of discipline is because I want you to share the attributes that I share. I want you to enjoy the things that I have available for you. I want you to share in my holiness. I want you to share in my righteousness. I want you to have the access of heaven made available unto you. Verse number 10. For no earthly father. Verse number 11, sorry. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful. But afterward, there is a peaceable harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Now from this verse of the scripture, why is the Bible encouraging us? To live a disciplined life. Why is the Bible telling us that we must live a disciplined life? Number one reason why the Bible is telling us to live a disciplined life is because discipline is good for you. Look at that verse of the scripture. The Bible says God's discipline is always good for us. Discipline is good for you. Nobody dies from being disciplined. Nobody dies from waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Nobody dies by reducing the amount of food they eat or the amount of sleep that they have. Nobody dies by going to the, to the gym and doing some workout so that they can reduce this thing. Nobody dies from exercise. Nobody dies from prayer. What you find, the Bible says, discipline is good for us. That's why the Lord Almighty is encouraging you. Number two, discipline develops good character in us. 
Because it puts a limit upon your life. What you can do and what you cannot do. It puts boundaries in your life. So you develop good character. Discipline strengthens your inner resolve. It tells you when to say no. It helps you to say yes. When you are disciplined, you know when certain things are going beyond the limit. It helps you to dissolve. It helps you to, de- to develop the strength. It strengthens your inner resolve. When somebody is trying to tell you to do something that is contrary to what you have agreed to do before, the discipline helps you to be able to say no. When somebody is asking you to go to a place you don't want to go, especially when you have now grown up and you are now in college and you are on your own, you now appear to be the Lord of yourself. You have this freedom. When you have the discipline, you know when to say no. Though my parents are not here, I will still not do this thing. It gives you the inner resolve. Not only that, the discipline also produces good fruits in us. When you are disciplined, what happens? If you are disciplined in the way that you eat your food, you find out that it shows up in your body. When you are disciplined the way you spend your money, it shows up in your bank account. When you are disciplined the way you talk to people, it shows up in your relationship. Discipline produces good fruits in us. Okay? And not just only that, discipline helps to live right. When you know the limits, when you know certain things are not right, when you know what your boundaries are, when you know the things that will not benefit you, and you practice those things, you begin to live right. You begin to live a life that everybody that becomes the envy of everyone. The Bible says in verse number seven, number, number eleven of Hebrews chapter twelve, it said, "No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening; it is painful, but afterwards." There will, afterward, there will be a peaceable harvest of right living for those who are trained in the way. In other words, it produces good fruits in your life when you live a life of discipline. The interesting thing is that just as the Bible is telling us to live a disciplined life, the Bible is also telling us don't live a life of lack of discipline. Okay? The Bible describes the person who lives a life of lack of discipline in Proverbs chapter 25. If you read from verse number 28, the Bible says, A person without discipline, a person without self-control, is like a city with a broken down wall. In other words, they have no defense. They have no self-control. Nothing protects them because they are not disciplined. Everything is allowed. That's what the Bible is saying. A person without self-control is like a city with a... With the broken down walls. So why is the Bible discouraging you? Why is it discouraging me to not live a life of lack of discipline? Why is the Bible telling us don't live carelessly? Don't live a life without self-control. Why is the Bible telling us not to discouraging a life of indiscipline? Number one, the Bible is saying a life without discipline is a life without self-control. Number two, the Bible is saying a life without discipline is a life of wasted potential. How many of you have seen people who are brilliant? People with a lot of gifts who amounts to nothing. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's just because you don't have the discipline. How many people have destroyed their relationship because they don't have the, the discipline to keep their mouth shut? How many people have lost a job just because they don't know how to talk to their boss? How many people have gotten themselves into debt because they keep buying the things that they cannot afford? How many of us are not getting our prayers answered? Because when we pray with one hand, we destroy it with the other hand. How many of us are not able to see the result that we are looking for? Because we lack the discipline to be patient. 
So discipline, a, 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 a life without discipline is a life that has the poten- that has its potentials wasted. Because we have not dis- developed the discipline to be able to develop those potentials. Not only that, number three. Why the Bible discourages a life of indiscipline is because a life without discipline is a life of aborted dreams. Every dream requires a price. Every dream requires you to pay a price. It requires you to give up certain things. It requires you to live a life of discipline. And if you are not willing to be disciplined, that dream has the potential of being aborted. When I was teaching on campus, I used to tell my students, you everybody can pass this class. But not everybody will pass. Not because I don't want you to pass, but because you will are the one who will determine whether you will pass or not. It all depends on what you put into it. The discipline of study. The discipline of showing up in class. The discipline of reading the books. The discipline of not waiting to the last minute before you open the books and actually read the book. But if you do that, the potential of you scoring a good grade, the potential of you going to become who you want to be, the potential of being the person that God has designed you to be, has the potential to be the potential for seeing your dream being fulfilled. Have that potential of being aborted. Because if you don't discipline yourself, nobody will give you anything. And this is specifically targeted to the youths. Yes, my parents are not good. Yes, my parents are not educated. Yes, my parents don't know anything. They don't know what is going on on Instagram. They don't know how to use Facebook. They don't know how to do all these things. But one thing I can tell you is this. They have enough common sense to know that you cannot get something for nothing. They know that. And I tell you one thing, if you are not disciplined, if your life, you live a life without discipline, you are, are endangering the abortion. You are making it possible for your dreams of tomorrow to be aborted. Number four, why is the Bible telling us to live a life? Why is the Lord discouraging us from being indisciplined? Because the Bible makes us to understand that the life without discipline is a life without anchor. It's a life without anchor. When you don't have discipline, when you don't have a set standard to say, this is what I will do, this is what I will not do. I tell you, my brothers and sisters, if you don't have that anchor, if anybody comes, they will take you away. If you don't know what is good for you, if you don't know when to say no, anybody can come into your life and just sweep you from your feet because you don't have an anchor. You don't have a standard to judge what is right and what is wrong. And that's why the Bible says develop some self-discipline. Number five, why is the Bible discouraging a lack of discipline? The Bible is saying without discipline, you can never be happy. Many people come in this country, they understand the word freedom. Say freedom, I'm free, I'm free, and that's why they can live anyhow. But there's a difference between freedom and license. The fact that you are free doesn't mean you can misbehave. I remember telling somebody who was just talking anyhow, throwing his hands. I said, you are free to throw your hands anyhow, as long as your hands doesn't touch me. Because if it touch me, that's the limit of your freedom. And I will show you that I'm an African man. You cannot just touch me anyhow. You are free to throw your hands, but you can't throw it anyhow. You are free to talk whatever you like about me, but you are not free to lie and tell stories that are not true. There is freedom, but there's a limit of freedom. And the person who is most happiest financially is the man that is disciplined with his finances. The man that is most happiest about his physical body is the person that is disciplined about his physical body. The person that is most happiest spiritually is the person who is disciplined spiritually. It goes for every aspect of life. The person who is happiest is the person who is most disciplined. Because if you are not, you will find out that the thing that you think that you are free to do will eventually become a snare, becomes a problem. 
You are free not to go to class, but you are not free to dictate whether you are going to get an A or a B. You get whatever you want. But the idea is that free a life of a life without discipline is a life without happiness. And that is why a lot of relationships, a lot of marriages, a lot of friendship have gone south because people don't have the discipline to do what they are supposed to do. And that is why the Bible discourages growing believers from living without the discipline. Because life without discipline keeps you from achieving your goal. It keeps you from reaching your potential. It robs you of the things that God has available for you. God will not deposit into your hands the things that you don't have the ability to manage. I can assure you that. God will not give you what you don't have the ability to manage because it will destroy you. Okay? The question then is, what kind of discipline is the Lord expecting from you? What kind of discipline is He expecting from me? Number one discipline the Lord is expecting from us is the discipline of obedience. Bible says, being found in the fashion of a man, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. And because of the death of the cross, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was elevated and was given a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. You want to get the result you want? Be obedient to God. Learn the discipline of obedience. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.